Okay, guys, five property house prices ought to be falling. The Bank of England is potentially about to increase interest rates. What is going to happen to the five property market? Never mind the UK property market. QVT. Good morning. You've got to say when you think about it, Perry, looking at the newspapers, right, with their doom and gloom headlines in the media and the news and everywhere around about you on Twitter, on social media, it's like you get bombarded every single day. You'd think that the Fife property market and the British property market um, would be on its knees at this point in time. Yet, ring some Fife estate agents for a viewing or a free valuation and they're literally telling you they can't give you an appointment for a week to 10 days you're doing well, if you can't. <laughs> I, I'm, I'm dumbfounded because, you know, I, you know me, I base everything on facts. You know, these are the facts. <laughs> I don't listen to opinions. It's like, these are the facts. Potentially, we're going to have a base rate rise coming soon. I think it's factored in anyway, and the fact is it's going to happen. British property prices uh, continue to sell in good numbers. Here are the key numbers here. In July and August 20. <laughs> 22 sales have sales that have been agreed on average of 25,476 properties per week in the UK. Now, interesting compared to when you see the averages of 27,351 sales per week in 2021 and 26,382 sales per week agreed in 2022 up to today's day. So, Penny. Why is the fake property market defying all expectations? I think that, to be honest with you, Jim, we definitely still have a supply and demand issue, don't we? Um, but to go back on your doom and gloom thing, I think the doom and gloom part of it, you're right. You know, I've got news on this morning, they're talking about Bank of England and it's going up by three quarters of a percent potentially and how is that going to impact things? But actually, I think while you've still got supply versus demand, then it shouldn't really impact it that, that greatly. Um, obviously, we, we looked at our show numbers last week in regards to what was going on in Fife in particular, because I know some of this is about the, the UK, because that gives us a feeling for how it's going to rock on into Fife. But when we look at how Fife's going, I mean, at this moment in time, properties selling wise, there's anything between like 125 to 140 per week in what yeah. we're reporting. Um, but what we are seeing is that actually the property now coming to market where at the start of maybe the year it was like a 130, then it went 140, 150. We're now really seeing 160, 170. So it is climbing, but it's nowhere near the numbers it was previously when you look at what they've, they've been, what we've been listing. Yeah. Um, so I think it is interesting. Um, is it because there's an absolute shortage of property spy on the books in Fife? Absolutely, there is still, definitely. Um, which means house prices in Fife are keeping their, their buoyant prices. However, I think we are starting to see maybe that the market has caught up with itself a little bit in regards to when we look at home report values, for instance. Yeah. So, you know, what we were selling six months ago, actually really for the last year up till six months ago, when we came out of lockdown and COVID and everybody started to influx into Fife and were adamant they wanted that lifestyle change, weren't they? And they were offering 15, 20%, 24% on, on yeah. properties, et cetera. What we're seeing now is those property values that are now coming 
to the market. So anything else coming in those areas, the home reports for those are reflective in that, aren't they? So it has caught up with itself in that, that side of things. Um, but it's again about really then the sellers and buyers understanding facts, which is hopefully what we're sharing with people to help them make informed decisions. But because it's caught up, there may not be that delivery of 15, 20% over now because actually your property value has reflective of that, isn't it? Yeah. Interestingly enough, I'm, I'm going to, quickly going to look on Zoopla. I mean, at the time of writing this, we had uh, 739, uh, 739 properties on the five property market available for sale. Um, so what is that compared to today? Um, just have a wee look just now. Um, 779 it was, Jim, when I looked up this morning. Yeah. Let's have a wee look at Yeah, 780 now. 780. So somebody's put one on since then. Yeah. <laughs> But that just shows you, though, I mean, when you think, though, we were averaging 500 a month up until maybe four or five months ago, weren't we? Yeah. But even when you roll it back to the October 20, uh, 2008, so this is this is at the credit crunch, there was 2,163 properties on the market throughout five to buy, mm -hmm. which means that really, if there was 6,500 being sold a year, it was going to take on average a third of a year, which is effective four months to actually even get an offer on a property. Mm -hmm. Um, but now we're still at four weeks to potentially, six, well, we're still at six weeks on average, six to seven weeks. Mm -hmm. um, so we're about, we're almost touching two months to sell a property. So, you know, for anybody out there that thinks a property is going to go like that, um, you know, curb your expectations, your enthusiasm, just slow down a bit. Don't put too much pressure on yourself. If it goes like that, fantastic. Um, but generally, in the rule of thumb, on average, it should be doing, uh, it should be selling within six to seven weeks on average. Mm -hmm. um, so, you know, it's a big change, isn't it? It's a big change. And when you look at that numbers that you've just explained, you know, in 2008, it was 2,163 properties. This morning, it's 780. Yeah. We're still about two thirds of that number short at the moment in the market. Yeah. But it's still from six months ago, what we're selling just now increased by nearly 40%. So there mm -hmm. is an element of where there is, yes, there is more property out there. And buyers actually do have a little bit more time to make decisions. So that's why I think we're seeing that timeline increase, aren't we? Because where before they, only, they had they knew what they wanted and there was only one of them come up. Now yeah. they know what they want and there might be three or four of them coming up. So now they're saying, well, hang on a minute. And because of what we said at the opening here about maybe not getting a viewing within a week. So they might go and see one on the Monday and then go, well, actually, I, I want to go see that other one and I can't see it till next Friday or next Monday. So I'm not going to make a decision on that yet. And sellers kind of are thinking well hang on then is it not going to sell why is it not sold yet they came on monday we're sitting on friday so it's about just managing that isn't it's it like, it's like henny penny and the world's falling <laughs> in sometimes it's like my god curb your expectations really honestly if you're a seller out there and you're sitting on tender hoops thinking why somebody more made an offer on my house already even though they've seen it it's because and there's other properties coming to the market and they've now got a wee bit more choice and they are actually going to see these first before they make a decision potentially to put an offer in on yours just to sort of you know confirm for them that they actually have the right house which is probably your house anyway so you know just take stock relax sit back let it happen it will happen your estate agent should be working in the background for you which i'll be i'll be, i'll just say that every single estate agent will be working in the background in some shape or form you just don't get to see that happening and this expectation as i go back to say again of what we had in the last 18 months to two years is not is no longer there. It's it's gone now. 
Um, and it's because of, like quite rightly what you said, Perry, is that 40% more supply coming into the market in the last six months than there was actually before. So it's it, it, in the proverbial sense, and this you know analogy I would use, it's it's typically like the motorway. You're no longer in a traffic jam anymore. You're in this you know where you're going really really fast. We don't have a stalemate in the property market anymore where somebody says I've got to wait on you putting your house on for me to buy that one for me to put my house on. It's no, people are actually now saying, well, I better get my house on now because I can see the house I really want. So, yeah. better, you know, I, I could say it more, I'll say it more politely, I better get my... Act together. <laughs> see, <laughs> see, I wasn't thinking of that phrase. I wasn't thinking of that phrase. Uh, well, better get my act together might be there. Yeah, we'll go with that. Phrase. Yeah, I absolutely. Let's go with that one. Notwithstanding, though, the suggestions that the Bank England's uh, no. higher interest rates would uh, perturb um, out um, house buyers, British house buyers, um, continued limited supply of properties coming on the market, and there still is limited in comparison to what there was years ago, um, has helped to five house prices climb. You know, five house prices today have gone up in the last year 8.8%. Now, think about that. Uh, six months ago, there were five house prices had gone up round about i think it was 13 percent mm -hmm. so you yeah. can see you can see it's now declining it's now de so the market isn't declining just the the expectation on the property price actually achieved um as opposed to the average price the year before yeah. is actually going down a bit so there still is 8.8 percent .8 higher than a year today um nevertheless there's evidence that the insane demand for property has started to ease and the supply is increasing, as we've said, which means the direction of the five housing market will begin to change in the coming months. Yeah. So this can be seen in several ways, can't it? It can. I mean, back in January and February of this year, there was 8,000 UK properties per week were reducing their asking prices. Yeah. So, you know, that's one of the identifiers that we see, isn't it, Jim? When we see a kind of swing in the market and things have been sticking a little bit, by that what we mean is that, where we've maybe had a property we thought would sell in two weeks and we're now in week four, five and six. And then you're starting to think, well, what else do we need to do then? Um, so we are starting to see that pricing is playing a part in it um, and yep. people are caught up with that. So 8,094 properties in February um, per week were reducing their asking prices. Whilst this July and August, that has risen to an average of 13,115 yeah um, in the uk now, that's taken, now i'll just qualify that by saying that's the whole of the uk, uh, UK. scotland and england and wales and you know northern ireland so that's the whole of the uk included You've got to remember that um now we are a wee bit different so you know ours would be a wee bit different in scotland because you know you tend to have a home report evaluation which is more on the cautious side than yeah. the astronomical figure which is more the sales side the optimistic side in the english market um, so hence the reason why there's a lot of properties seem to be reducing, um, but not in Scotland too much, is it? No, we're certainly not seeing that. And actually, we're one of the agents that have the lowest in regards to price reductions before we sell. Oh, how do you know that? <laughs> right, we they might, tell us that, don't they? We might have shared that because all the stats tell us that, don't they? Yeah, right, we've actually tell us that. And, and we, we get to see everybody else's stats as well about you know, what price reductions they've done, how many properties they've actually reduced in comparison. Um, we don't actually get to see the exact agent's name, um, but we do get to see uh, we do get to see the comparison. And, you know, we are one of the lowest to have uh, the least price reductions out of yeah. every single estate and uses right movement five. Um, uh, this is, I mean, this is something significant uh, as some optimistic homeowners 
who placed their properties in the market in the spring and early summer had to reduce their optimistic asking prices to attract buyers, isn't it? They have. And I think that there is an element of what we said previously as well with the fact that, and we've seen it a few times, Jim, you know, we're not um, averse to having to do it. You know, that there might be, for whatever reason, there'll be a particular property that has quirkinesses around it that you may actually then have to review that. And, and we do have to do that. But it is about managing that expectations and also understanding what the market is telling us that that property is worth. So one of the yeah. things we do, one of the things we do when we get our, when we've had viewings and we get the viewing feedback is, you know, we try to guide from them if we if it is at the right price point. You know, yes, the home report saying one thing, but actually, is the market and the people looking at that property agreeable with that, and would they pay that? Because actually, the home report's the home report, but it'll only sell for what someone's willing to pay. Um, yeah, and so it's about understanding that, isn't it? Yep, I would agree with that. Um, it's a, that's it in a nutshell. It's really down to the fact that it's what someone's willing to pay. I think the the key point out of that though is um, it's. You know, the buyer just might not be in the market at this point in time either. So it, it could be a case of just waiting for the right person to come along. And this is where the aspirations of a lot of people and their expectations uh, take a tumble because they don't, they, they're not prepared. With, with, they've been in a market probably for the first time in maybe five, maybe 15, maybe uh, uh, 20 years. Uh, and this is the first time they've been in a market like this. And, and everybody else around them has been telling them before this. Uh, their house has been selling in record weeks and for record prices. Um, but 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 now they've hit this time and now this is different from what I was told. Um, so they actually think it's something to do with them and their property, but in actual fact, it's all to do with the market and just how it is right now. So it, it stands, doesn't it, that mm -hmm. it's possible that the buyer isn't in the market at that point in time to pay that price point that they want for their property. Mm -hmm. and, and I say, if you're prepared to wait, then that person might come along um, if you're happy to wait. Um, but all too often, and we see it, you can what's happening every single time, if people put themselves under pressure because they go and say, I've actually just made an offer on another house. Yeah. And I'm like, no, that's what you Jeez, why would you do that? Because you just you've just then you've just then forced yourself into a critical path process where you have to be over the line by that certain point in time. Mm -hmm. So why would you do that? I mean, yeah, it's your dream house, but do you really want to put yourself through that torture and stress in order to do that? Why would you not then get someone to agree to your entry date first or be flexible with your entry date or give you a longer entry date um, and then go and look for the exact, exact house that you want to? Because that then puts you in a more, a less stressful position and it makes it easier for you and more relaxed for you to then go and find the house of your dreams. I think that's a really important point you're making there, Jim, because we are actually seeing that on the odd occasion at the moment where people are putting themselves under immense pressure because they've done exactly that and they've gone out and offered on something without having an offer in place. Um, yep. And it's about really your agent managing that expectation from you from the outset. And that's one of the things we always say. And again, we've covered it in numerous information slots before about the fact yeah. that people have this fear of being homeless. That will never happen. You will only exchange your house sale for when you're ready. Hmm. But putting yourself under that pressure where you've bought something else that is looking for a quick turnaround because you may be in another chain. It's different if you're buying a new build because you've generally got months and months to kind of work on that. And, and so that can be manageable. But if you're in a chain, then suddenly you have a lot of pressure points on yourself, but also the yeah. other people in that chain are then pushing down that pressure point to, to you as well. And then it does become not a nice experience for them. And then actually you're putting yourself, coin the phrase, you're putting yourself under the pump, you're putting your agent under the pump, um, who gets to blame? 
Well, the agent does because you've not found the sale. <laughs> Every single time. It's like, wait a minute, how could you be blaming me if you're the person that made the offer on another house and accepted it? I've got no control over that. And then all of a sudden you're at me saying, why is your house not sell? Hello? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's a, it is a difficult one. But, you know, you, I think that you and the team, you know, we're very, we're very open about that up front and what we would do and how we do it and the timelines and how we would manage the expectations. And I think that's really important. But that sometimes can get forgotten once you're in the journey because the pressure point then kicks in because something else has changed. There's a dynamic that's been thrown into the mix that wasn't there at the start. And yeah. so suddenly it becomes a different end game. And There's also the story that we were told in the beginning. I mean, when we went, well, myself personally, when I went to see a few people back in spring, it was a completely different market. And we gave them mm -hmm. a completely different idea, you know, what it was, a point market. Is, you know, you're mm -hmm. going to get uh, several thousand over the home report. We're still getting this percentage over the home report. And that's completely changed. Almost complete. That's almost a turnaround completely. Not, I'm not talking about crashing or anything. But just a, it's come down to normality now. That, mm -hmm. That block, it was causing that high pressure in order to get that astronomical price because the lack of supply is no longer there. It's actually going down and it's actually receding. Therefore, it's a completely different market now, but the expectation is still in their mind about this, this is where it should be still. It's like, no, it's not. And we actually, we've told you that. And we, we talk about this and I talk about this every single Sunday, don't I? And weekly yeah. update. I look at the numbers, I analyze the numbers and I tell people exactly where the market is at this point in time based on these numbers. And then I also take the month to date and sometimes the quarter to date and sometimes the half yearly to date and then the yearly to date um, right across the whole five property market to show people um, exactly where it is. Um, one of the key things, also the number of house sales falling through is another one. When the sale is agreed, yet the sale falls through before the legal paperwork is completed, it started to creep upwards. We have actually noticed that, haven't we? A couple, no, I, I, it's not a lot, but a no. couple of people almost like, you know, I've got to say, um, missives should be concluded well before a couple of days before you're about to hand over keys. Now, that's not in our control at all. That's the solicitors and that's a legal process. So, you know, that's something that I've noticed that seems to, it seems to still happen all the time. It takes so long for a solicitor to conclude the missives. And then it's almost a couple of days before. Concluded missives means a buyer can no longer pull out legally. Mm -hmm. They're locked into that deal. So if you're leaving missives concluded till the last minute, it means the buyer could actually potentially pull out a couple of days before your keys are, are, are due to hand over and your sale is, sale is to exchange for your property. So I would put pressure on your solicitor more than anything to actually get the concluded missives if I, if I was a, a seller out there, and especially if I was a buyer out there as well, because potentially even the seller could pull out. If they have well, we've had that situation recently, Jim, where that's happened um, and the buyers you know, devastated. They thought they had got their, their new home and, and that's not been able to happen because there's Guess been a change. Guess who gets the blame for that? It always will come back to the agent. But at the end of the day, we are the face of the property, aren't we? And everything's yeah. happening with it. So that, that's the reason why. And we, we accept that as part of our job. It's part of our role. It's but, almost um, like, but I always think, it's, you know, I've got years of experience in this and it's always like you're damned if you don't, you're damned if you do. Um, you're caught in the middle and, and the, I don't think that it's because most sellers out there, most buyers out there don't understand the legal process and they don't understand once the house has been sold, we have really no control over anything that happens after that. All we can do is progress, chase the solicitor to make sure they're actually pushing it forward, to make sure you're the top of the pile as, as, as you know, them on their list. 
And because literally, I'm no kidding, if you walk into most solicitors' offices, there is a pile next to their desk or folder. Yeah. And that's what they need to work on next. So what mm -hmm. happens is yours gradually goes down as everybody else phones. And the wheel that squeaks the loudest gets the most oil. Yeah, it's true. And it becomes almost to a point where, and I'm not going to say it for every solicitor, a lot of people just use critical path analysis. In other words, I have to get this one over the line because I've only got till Friday to do it. Why people can why people exchange on Fridays, I do not know. It's because they've got the weekend to move and they can't have it. Why not take the holiday, exchange on the Thursday? Because if anything goes wrong on the Thursday, okay, at least you've got the Friday to sort it out. If it, if it goes wrong on the Friday, you're waiting till Monday till you get your house to move in. And if you've yeah. got your house sold, you're under pressure. You don't know what you're doing next because the next <laughs> person in the chain might be relying on that as well. Yeah, so I always I mean, say that you should actually be looking to actually exchange and actually hand over keys on a Thursday rather than a Friday. So if anything does happen, you can you can rescue that deal before the weekend comes. Yeah, there's a bit that definitely that's a good good recommendation. But there's also what I experienced very recently because um, we usually separate the Scottish kind of housing market from the British one because our laws and yeah. regulations the way we do it are very different, aren't they? But actually. We had a regional variance um, the other day. So we were dealing with a sale and a purchase yep. and a sale. It was kind of like two houses kind of doing loop the loop. But actually one of the sellers was dealing with an Edinburgh solicitor. And what actually happened was the first sale happened, bang on, 12 o'clock, keys gone, vans outside, off we go. Um, their house that they were buying, they're waiting and waiting and waiting because an Edinburgh solicitor, their standard practice is to exchange at four o'clock in the day. So we're thinking, well, hang on, my, this client has got nowhere to go for four hours and a lorry that's waiting with timelines for the remover men and et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. And so we intervened with that and actually managed to get it across the line three and a half hours quicker. But, you know, if you've not got an agent who's going to proactively get involved in that for you, then you are going to get a little bit stuck. But actually, that client did the right thing. But it's exactly what you say, Jim. They came straight to us as the agent and said, how do we fix this? It reminds me, it reminds me of the story where there was a solicitor that says, uh, I'm going out for a game of golf. I won't be able to do this for today. And I went, I'll be around at your office at three o'clock to make sure you do it. Mm -hmm. So you better get it done before you go. And literally, he actually had to give up his golf match. Because <laughs> I basically says to him, I'm coming round to oversee you to make sure this happens today. Because it has to happen today. Because I've, well, exactly. I've jumped through hoops since nine o'clock this morning with every single lender, every single bank, every single solicitor in this process to make sure this happens. And you ain't going to the golf today. You're making sure it happens. And you're the last person in this chain. And it's going to happen today whether you like it or not. There is an expectation of that. And it was interesting because the client came in. They didn't call us. They actually came into the office. Um, and we were trying to phone this, this, this legal firm and couldn't get through. And he says... One o'clock, they'll be away for their lunch hour. He says, they'll be away having a wine and dine. He said, they'll not be. And I was like, well, no, we can't assume that. Let's just try and work with them. Yeah. And, but there was that impression that it wasn't going to work for them unless we got involved, basically. You really do have to have people that are very, very proactive in the process, don't you? I mean, you know, you can have people that are actually fantastic at what they do in terms of their job, but they really need to be proactive and they really need to be quite solution oriented mm -hmm. and to make sure even though it maybe doesn't happen how it should happen, 
it could happen in another way, in another shape or form, in order to get it over the line. I think that's the most important thing. Let's look at the number of UK house sales. I'd actually touched on that uh, just a wee bit. It's starting to keep upwards from an average of 5,558 properties per week in the spring of 2022 to 6,854 per week in July and August of 2022. Uh, five price, house prices have risen over, the, over recent times. The latest figures are based on what was selling in the late winter and early spring of the year and subsequently completing the sale in the early summer. Uh, that's what you don't understand. That's what a lot of people don't understand. When, when we're talking about 8.8% in increase in the actual value uh, year on year to, um, I think it's probably July is the UK housing statistics uh, out, it, it's, it's based on this, the property sales that actually happened in the winter and the late and in, in, in the early spring as well. Mm -hmm. You know, that's all that's based on. So this is like, a, this is like a I always talk about it, you know, in terms of the e economy, in terms of any housing market, it's almost like, you know, the the, the ship leaving the harbour. It, it starts to gain, like a cruise ship, you know, it gains momentum, it goes on, and it builds speed and builds speed and builds speed. But what betides you if you try, if you try to stop that straight away? Because it won't. It just mm -hmm. doesn't. And and what happens is, you know, they maybe put the brakes on uh, about, a, you know, about three quarters of the way there, they decide to slow down just to come into port. But port, the port is probably maybe 100 miles away mm -hmm. because it takes them that long to slow down. So what's happening in the UK economy and what's happening in the housing market now is, is everything that's going to happen right now is as a result of what's happened six months ago. And it's yeah. now just getting over the line. And we're now collating statistics. And, and when you talk about, and I talk about this all the time, where like, you're too late with interest rate rises. <laughs> <It's>, <laughs> interest rate rises today is not going to happen at any impending thing that's going to happen in the next no. three to four months because it's already happened already. And it's a case of, it's that, it is that proverbial thing about the cruise ship slowing down coming into the mm -hmm. harbour. Um, you, you won't stop it. It will happen. So the government is well aware of that. And I don't think people realise what that's like in terms of the UK economy and also in terms of the housing market. Yeah. Um, so it's all based on historical confirmation, this this stuff. And we can only predict where we are now and where the future is going to go. Prices obtained by estate agents on property achieving a sale in Fife today in the autumn of 2022 are slightly lower than they were obtained nine months ago. It, this means that housing statistics published in the early spring of 2023 will slightly reduce as well nothing to worry about i want to give you the heads up so you really won't be concerned the simple fact we're returning to a more normal fight housing market this autumn compared to the crazy last 30 months since the end of lockdown one what about uk inflation perry let the talk about that. Yeah, I mean, UK inflation at the moment standing at well, when we compiled our, our stats for this article, was um, 9.9%. Um, mm. This brings an interesting scenario for five property values, reducing real oh, wages. It's less than 10% then. Just. <laughs> Just think about it though. What happened to UK inflation is going to go to 14%, UK inflation is going to go to 18%. Is that really going to happen? Time will tell, but we'll, I'll be interested to keep an eye on that, and I will bring this up all the time. If it goes up then to the, these astronomical amounts, I will then be able to give people a heads up. But it's interesting that you say that. Sorry, um, no, steal no. your thunder, Ed. Keep going, you know, go on. No, no, but you're right. You're right. It's real wages. Real wages, it will impact it. I mean, reducing real wages will hit first-time buyers and existing homeowners. Yeah. Their disposable income, obviously, will be affected by that. But the same high inflation will bring Bank of England increase 
interest rates. And it was spoke about that earlier. It was on the news mm-hmm. this morning, wasn't it, by 0.75%. They're thinking we'll, we'll increase it. And they're saying that, you know, where that impacts it. So it doesn't just impact first-time buyers. It, I know this is not what this article is about, but it actually will affect renters as well, Jim, because if the rates yeah. go up and landlords don't have fixed deals, then that landlord is going to pass that interest increase onto the tenant. Uh, but they can't because we've got and we've got rent freezes in Scotland. So what else? In Scotland, is going to we be, are. What else yeah. is going to happen? It's going to affect maybe repairs. Uh, it's exactly. not really essential repairs, but non-essential repairs like new kitchens, new bathrooms yeah. might actually get hauled back on. And then exactly. if they hold back on that, then local contractors, local businesses won't get that business either. And then they will have less income. They will less spend less mm-hmm. in the economy. Therefore, the economy could potentially contract. Well, that's now, exactly that, what I was going to go with. That. You know, and see that knock on effect and how mm-hmm. that, that it's like a, it's like. I wouldn't say a house of cards because that's not the right description. It's like and it's domino. not the domino effect. <laughs> it's, kind of, it's, it's maybe the way it's maybe is to a degree like a domino effect, uh-huh. but not as severe. I would yeah. say. Yeah. Um, oh, uh, yeah, absolutely. The significance to reduce home buyers' um, capacity to afford mortgages will be one of them. Um, as fewer people who take out mortgages, uh, the fewer people will actually buy homes. Uh, the Bank of England's interest rate currently stands, and I'll tell you what, it's maybe actually been announced, it, but it currently stands at one, the base rate at 1.75%. Now, the prediction is going to go up 0.75%, but, you know, I've got a funny feeling it's going to go up 0.5%, but maybe they've not realised that, you know, if inflation's under control, and they've capped, I'm sure they made the decision before the cap on energy prices was put in place, uh, but they would surely they would be bound to know that. They're bound to know that. You would um, think so, Jim. Yeah. So, but let us not forget the forecast suggested it could end up between two point seven five and three percent. Um, so you know, it's going to go up to two point five, right? Okay. So it's less than what even the forecasts were saying. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Let us not forget the long term average. This is key here. The long term average over the last fifty years has been between seven point one. And seven point two percent. Double. So that's almost well double. Never, never mind double. It's almost triple. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's like it's like two and a half times. So the average yeah. is significantly more. And and many mature five homeowners will remember the Bank of England's base rate of seventeen percent <laughs> in nineteen seventy nine, the winter of discontent. Yeah. So these sort of increases are still off a low base. What happened during the autumn months then? I think though that, I mean, during the autumn, these autumn months, um, lack of property in the market and availability to buy, I think it's still been quite well supported by the five house prices yeah. and the five market. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, you're evidencing that when you do your Sunday slot, Jim, that there is still supply and demand. And when you break it down to the regional areas within five, we're seeing, you know, one week, maybe one place, let's say St Andrews, for instance, you know, they might have 10 properties come on and only six sell, but then the next week they'll have six come on and 10 will sell. So, you know, it levels itself out. You know, one week is yeah. not a depict of the market. Not a trend. One week's not, not a trend, trend definitely. Exactly. I believe I know it's an old phrase, my managing director. <laughs> <laughs> every single time, William McCoy. McCoy used to tell me every single time he used to say to me, um, one week, Jim, does not make a trend. You need mm-hmm. to look at it in, in a bigger picture yeah, scenario. You just can't look at it in isolation. So he never used to get bent out of shape. He never used to get worried about, you know, if it was a huge swing in one week to, to the KPIs, the key in the pre key performance indicators. It just to say next week it'll probably swing round. If it doesn't, then we'll look at it a bit more in detail then. But 
for now, don't be too concerned about that. I know. Apologies about the noise there. My dog walker just arrived. Is it really, <laughs> is it really though, the fact that the media and the newspapers are, are, are really vying for attention and they're using clickbait titles to generate more interest for their publications? Is that what? Is that really what we're do, what they're doing here? I think it is, Jim. I mean, you know, we've experienced that ourselves and I think that that's why people and why we enjoy to give out this information is so we can educate people because a one day or one week is not an education. You've got to follow what is happening over a certain mm. period of time to really understand how it is going to impact you. You can't just see one article or hear one podcast or one video and say, right, that's it. it we're doomed because <laughs> it doesn't work yeah. like that. Um, and we're definitely seeing that, you know, there's been lots in the media just now, obviously the passing of the Queen and things like that. But while all that was going on, none of these media things were being spoken about in regards to interest rates and monies. And, you know, all of that was kind of put in the back burner, wasn't it? Mm. But now suddenly this morning, that's all that's on the TV. And yeah. all of the politicians are out and let's like high profile it all again. So you can see we're in that kind of fortnight that's just passed. We didn't well, hear much about it, it, but now we're getting the big headlines again and the it's, big straps. It's, like, it's just like a circus. It's, just like, it's like a circus. It's every single time the wheel people out, it'll justify their belief. And then the way it goes. Let's just wrap up here. What are the simple facts then? I think the simple fact is unless something seismic happens within the world globally wise, um, I can't see how we're going to get that change that's going to be materially noticed within Fife in the property market. Yeah. What do you think on that, Jim? I just can't. well, markets will continue to harden slowly and will face different challenges compared to the last 30 months. That's that's for sure. Mm-hmm. But fundamentally, the five houses prices will remain broadly neutral over the next 12 to 18 months, I would say. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I, I just say generally, as business as usual, just don't overexpect things. Don't mm-hmm. have huge expectations about where you are because all you're doing is disappointing yourself every single time. I know I'm quite optimistic and I always, you know, aim for the stars and I'll, I'll, I'll catch the moon on the way down if I don't hit them. Um, but but in, in this instance, I, I, you know, it is actually pulling back people's expectations and saying, you know, this market was here six months ago. It's no longer here. Um, there is an oversupply in the market by 40% since the last quarter. Um, so that has to be taken into account. And that then, if we then go into the next quarter and there becomes a, a levelling off of that, in other words, the number of houses being uh, listed to the number of houses being sold, then level off to the same, then I think we'll begin to see a really good buoyant housing market. If it continues to have an oversupply all the time, then I think we'll generally we'll, 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 we'll level off completely. But then I think people will have to be more realistic. And we might have a marginal dip in terms of house prices, but it's not going to be catastrophic. I, mm-hmm. I can't see that at all, especially with the thing about the cap on energy prices. I've just got something in an email today from a supplier, a utility supplier, to say that. Um, and then the other impending things that will happen. Uh, however, let me give you a wee bit of advice. Um, and, you know, prepare for this to a certain degree further down the road because we're injecting 95 billion into the economy and we're just printing and, and, and it seems to be off a magic money tree, um, mm. <laughs> definitely. Um, and, and that you have to then ask, and Warren Buffett talks about this all the time, is when you do things like that, what next? What's going to happen next? Because you're injecting all the money. Yeah. It is the what next, and it's we've spoke about this previously, isn't it? Where there's cause, there's always effect. So yeah. we, we have to work out by doing one thing, how does that impact something else, and so on and so forth. And it's like you say, it's like what next, what next? We should always be looking at what's going to happen next. And people yeah. just need to be mindful of that. I mean, I think my, my kind of final thoughts on this really are that, and we've touched on it a little bit, it's like let's not look at the strap line headlines. 
educate yourself, find out the facts, understand what is happening in the market. You know, there's there's other things out there other than just us. You know, you can go into Right Mood, you can go into the indexes, you can look at, you know, there's information out there that's freely available to people to do that. Follow our streams. We're always willing to share. We, we do it as a sharing exercise to kind of educate people and manage expectations. But it is really important that you understand that. Don't always kind of assume that what you're seeing in your strap lines on Sky News, there yeah. are other broadcasters out there, but don't look at that as being the gospel and the fact because it is journalistic at the end of the day. You know, equip yeah. yourself, be in control of your destiny and your journey and your decision-making process by understanding Absolutely. what you're deciding on. I think the one key thing I would let everybody realise right now, if you listen to your estate agent, um, but also ask them why. Classic example is when people, when they say to you, I think you should deal and sell now, don't just take that as gospel. Just ask them, why do you think that? And then come to your conclusion based on that fact. Mm -hmm. If you need to sleep on it overnight, then by all means, sleep on it overnight if you don't want to do that. But really, you've got to listen to your stage at this point in time. It's probably the best advice you'll ever, ever get in this current market. And that's it. Thanks for coming on the show, Perry. I really appreciate that. And uh, and we'll see everybody next week for the midweek show. Bye-bye for now. Take care. Bye.